Look with me, look with me in the book of St. John, the fifth chapter, starting at verse number one. You'll find these words printed there. You'll find these words printed there. Starting at verse number one. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people lie, blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been there in that condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. When I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus said unto him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Get up, pick up your mat and walk. Verse number nine, it says he got up and walked. I want to talk today about moving from victim to moving from being a victim to a victor. Repeat that. Moving from being a victim to a victor. Have you been a victim? Have you been a victim of a broken home, victim of divorce, unwed parents, neglect? Have you been a victim of abandonment, abuse? Have you been a victim of the violent death of a parent or a sibling or a child? Have you been the victim of some disease that uh, has plagued you or some family member and took them out? Have you been the victim of incest, rape, identity theft, hate crime? Have you been the victim of a toxic relationship? Have you been the victim of hate crimes? Have you been lied on and profiled? Well, maybe I didn't name the area you believe you've been victimized in. You can just place it right there without telling everybody. But if we're honest about it, all of us have experienced being victimized as we've moved through life. And I've got news for you, even if you're a child of God, you're going to continue to be victimized. But you're going to have to make up your mind whether you want to live as a victor or a victim. There's so many people sitting at home, laying at home. There's so many people even here today, you're here, but yet you are not here because you are not tuned in uh, to the Spirit of God. You are here hoping to hear a word, hoping to hear something, but you've been going through, you've been suffering, you've been struggling, and so you are here, and I hope this word will bless you, and you will leave knowing that you can be a victor. 
This man in our text, according to the word of God, was victimized in at least five ways, and you can come up with even more than that. You might have heard it before, but we want to rehearse it anyway. This man was economically victimized. Uh, he's living in poverty. He's living at Bethesda, the poor people's hospital. He has no job, no skills, no money, no house, no insurance. Here's a man who has been victimized. And whenever you are poor, whenever you are down, whenever you are out, you get exploited. This man was going through exploitation as many of us are going through even in our communities. If you pay attention and look around, there are drugs being brought into our communities. And we are the victim. We don't grow it uh, and we don't, we, don't, we don't import it. Uh, but we use it and we sell it to make a few extra dollars because we are being victimized. There are guns being brought into uh, our neighborhoods and into our lives, and we don't manufacture them, uh, but uh, we will sell them and we will help distribute them, and they're used to kill uh, military-style weaponry uh, has been brought into our communities and people are killing one another because we are victims even today. And then if you're caught with drugs and you're caught with one of those guns, you get mandatory sentencing and end up losing your rights to vote and your rights to all of the rights to citizenship. I've come to share with you today that there's a system in place designed to ensure that some of us don't achieve uh, uh, the American dream and that some of us don't get the chance or the opportunity to move to the next level, but you've got to decide, I want to be a victor. My brothers and sisters, there are those who are living on welfare, and there's nothing wrong with welfare if, in fact, you cannot work and you cannot do for yourself. But anyone who's on welfare needs to be placed in a position, if they can work, to eventually get off. You ought to have, we ought to have a work of welfare type program where you work yourself out. Everybody ought to work. Everybody ought to know and have a work ethic. We got to teach our children how to work. Uh, time is out for allowing children to live in your house and eat your food and sleep in your bed, and they don't have to do any kind of work. They need to know how to, they need to, know how to clean up their room. They need to know how to make up their bed. They need to know how to wash the dishes. They need to know how to do something, take out the trash, something. Don't let them just lay around because they'll get the idea that that's what life is about. And when they get grown, uh, they'll continue to try to lay around on you or somebody else. Everybody ought to work. Matter of fact, the Bible says uh, if, if a person can work and they don't work, then they ought not eat. And so we've got to teach that principle. Listen, there are also those living in public housing, and I've lived in public housing, and it's a, it, it should be a, a, a way out. Uh, and, and, but if for a lot of people, there is no way out. Living in public housing with no education and access to other resources, individuals end up staying there, and individuals end up preying upon those who are living in those situations, predatory lending. And then when you do try to move out, there's redlining because there's certain places they don't want you or want us. Am I right about it? 
I've come to share with you there are those who uh, seek to create a permanent underclass, and you've got to decide uh, that I'm going to get up and I'm going to get out. I want to be a victor. This man was not only uh, victimized economically, but physically he was victimized. Verse number five says, a certain man was there with an infirmity 38 years. 38 years this man suffers with the same issue, the same problem. 38 years he's laying in uh, one place. He's laying there waiting, hoping, desiring that somebody would help him, that somebody would assist him, that somebody would take time to help him out. I want to share with you today that you can't wait on other folks. If mama's not there, if daddy's not there, the day will come when they will not be there. They will not be around. You've got to learn how to do some stuff for yourself. All of us have been victimized, and you can't live like a victim for the rest of your life. You've got to decide at some point, I'm going to make moves for myself with the help of God. God wants to help every last one of us. He brought us into the world. He knew before you got here what you were going to go through. He knew who your parents would be. He knew what neighborhood you would grow up in. He knew the challenges and problems you were going to have but he also knows where he's going to and what he wants to do with you if you develop a relationship with him and let him take you to the next level. Ah, he's physically having a problem. I want to let you know the Lord knows your sickness, your blood pressure, your sugar, your asthma, your migraines. He, he knows about your ulcer, your kidney. He knows about your prostate. He knows about your cancer. He knows what you're dealing with, whatever your sickness is, whatever your physical problem is. He knows about it. You know, cancer exists all around us. My wife passed away uh, from cancer. She had three bouts with cancer and that last one that last one my brothers and sisters uh, uh, was 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 really really hard really harsh uh, but in the midst of it I learned a lot of things D I learned I learned a lot of things I learned she taught me about foods that we've been eating that are being manufactured uh, uh, that are cancerous or that cause cancer or that bring on cancer she taught me about things that we drink that we should not drink that are being sold every day people don't care about you they care about money they care care about making money. Am I right about it? Have you heard about radiation uh, in a lot of areas? 5G, if you will. Did you hear about talcum powder and the recall? And people now can go in and sue and get money because they knew when they put it out that it could bring harm to people. Have you seen on TV the news about Flint, Michigan and contaminated water? Have you read about Jackson, Mississippi and their contaminated water? People know many times what they're doing and, and and know what they're not doing and, and know what they refuse to do and know what they should do and know what they, uh, my brothers and sisters, are not going to do. And it brings harm against many of us. COVID-19 came into the world and our former president, if it moved sooner, fewer people would have died. But there are those who really don't care. Do you remember hearing about the Tuskegee uh, airmen uh, the, the, that were affected by syphilis because uh, they are my brothers and sisters? 
sisters were doing all kinds of experiments. It, it's horrible. It's horrible. But that kind of thing continues to go on and causes us to be victims. This man was socially victimized, socially victimized. Why do you say that? Because this man is an impotent man. He's there. And when Jesus asked him, do you want to be made whole? Do you know what he said? He said, I have no one to help me. I have no one to help me. He's in a bad position. You're in a bad position if you say, I don't have anybody. I don't have nobody. No family, no friends. No, no one to turn to, no one to depend on. He's got nobody in his circle. Nobody he can look up to. You know, some of us have a lot of friends, but we don't have any friends with good credit. We have a lot of friends. We call them friends and individuals that we deal with, but we don't have anybody that, that we have a good relationship relationship with or anybody that's in a good relationship. If you married, you need some friends that are happy about being married and stop hanging around folk uh, that want to get out of their marriage. You need to stop hanging around people who are always complaining. You need to find some positive people in your life. Everybody needs somebody on the next level. Everybody needs somebody on the next level to encourage them, to, uh, to, 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 to take out time, to challenge them. If the only people in your life are the people you allow in your life that are going to agree with you and agree with the way you want to live and agree with what you're doing, you don't have the right people in your life. You need some people on another level that can pull you, that can push you, that are going to encourage you and move you to the next level. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I've come to share with you there are a lot of things going on in our lives that cause us to be victimized. This man is theologically victimized. Verse number seven says he has a limited view of God. He says, no one will put me in the water. No one will put me in the water when the water is troubled. When the, when the water is troubled, at, at down, down, down at the pool, every now and then the water is troubled. And it is believed, it is believed, it is believed that at the troubling of the water, whoever gets in first will be healed. Well, I just want to let you know I don't have anybody. Every time I try to get in, somebody gets in before me. Every time I attempt to, uh, to, to move forward, Somebody sets me back. I, I, I'm, I'm in a position where, 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 where I'm victimized, where I'm a victim of nobody helping. But he has a limited view of God. And his limited view of God centers around the fact that he believes that God can only heal one way. He believes that God is healing in his day and in his time one way. Now, let me tell you, God is a healer. God still heals. God still can heal. God is still there. Sometimes God will heal with the doctor. And I want to say to those who haven't been to the doctor in a while, you need to get up and go see a doctor. Stop doctoring on yourself and trying to do things on your own and go get checked out. There are a lot of people who are dying today simply because they have not gone to the doctor and then something will come about and they will discover if they had only gone to the doctor, it could have been called early and treated it and they didn't have to suffer and die. And many of us don't want to go to the doctor. I know you don't have to raise your hand, but some of you in here hadn't been to the doctor in a while. You doctoring on yourself. You're using all kind of home remedies, all kind of stuff. It's okay to use home remedies, but you need to go up and you need to go to the doctor and at least let the doctor tell you what he think it is. 
Let the doctor tell you what he think it is so you know what to pray for along the way. Well, now, God is a healer. He can use the doctor. He can use medicine that's prescribed by the doctor. Sometimes God will use medicines that are prescribed, or he can use uh, a, a natural product uh, to, to bring about healing in our body. And then sometimes God will use someone to operate on us. The doctors will operate. We have to get an operation. Don't be afraid to get an operation. Now, pray about it. Don't just do it because somebody says do it, but be prepared to pray about it and, and let the Lord guide you and direct you. But don't be afraid of, of being cut. Don't be afraid of being operated on. But guess what? God doesn't have to use a doctor. God doesn't have to use uh, man-made medicine. God does not have to do it through an operation. God can heal you if he wants to miraculously. God has done it, he will do it, and he will do it again. And every now and then, God will show up. Well, this man believes God can only heal one way, one way, one person at a time in one particular way. But he also has what I call an unhealthy uh, attitude concerning competition. He believes that uh, if he gets in first, he'll get the blessing. But if he can't get in first, if somebody gets in before him, they'll get the blessing. And that's what's wrong with a lot of us. We think that the blessings of God, the blessings of God, we have to compete for them. You don't have to compete to get God's blessing in your life. What God has for you, it is for you. You going out for a job interview, if you don't get that job, it wasn't meant for you. You looking for a raise or you looking uh, to be elevated on your job, if you don't get it, it's not for you. But guess what? What is for you, nobody is going to be able to keep you from getting what God has for you. This is what you do. You do right on the bottom level. You do right and do what is right on the bottom level. You work where you are. You work on the job you're on. You give the best in the position you're in. And in God's own time, he's going to elevate you. And when he elevates you, nobody's going to be able, my brothers and sisters, to say a word other than the fact of how did it happen. And you'll be able to let them know God did it. Some of us want to be promoted and elevated, but if we got to that position, we wouldn't last long because our attitudes are not right. You're not ready for certain positions. You think you're ready. You think you're qualified, but you're not ready yet. But when you're ready, if you do right, he who handles the little in the right way can be elevated to handle much. You've got to handle little first in order to be able to handle much. And I've come to share with you that there are some unhealthy competitions among us. You don't have to compete with other people. Don't worry about if somebody else is competing with you. You are a designer original. God made you and created you. And when he made you, he didn't make no junk. You ought to give yourself a hand. And you ought to give God a hand for making you. There's nobody like you on the face of the earth. And when you become all you should become and all you ought to become in the Lord, the Lord will use you like he's used nobody else. I tell folk all the time, learn to do you, boo. Learn to do you. Learn to do you. You don't have to be like anybody else. You don't have to wear anybody else's jersey. You don't have to walk around trying to look like, be like anybody else. You are unique, and when you find out exactly where God has created you and what God wants to use you for and how God wants, what God wants to do in your life, God will use you in a miraculous way. 
He also was superstitious. He believed, and they believed, in that time there had to be the troubling of the water for them to get in. And a lot of us are superstitious. We're walking down the street sometimes, and somebody's walking with us, and they split the pole, and we get in a hurry and, and tell them to come back. You know, we, we, we're at the house, and, and somebody's sweeping, and they sweep past uh, our foot, and we, we say, that's bad luck. We, 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 we see a black cat, and we say, what? Some of y'all have rabbit's foots right now, I believe, because you believe that's, that, that's going to make you lucky. Well, I wonder, if, if the rabbit's foot is lucky, wh what happened to the rabbit? My brothers and sisters, he's theologically messed up, but then he's also... Uh, victimized spiritually. How do you know that? Because verse number 14, Jesus found the man later. Jesus found the man later and said to the man, listen, I didn't say this to you earlier, but I want to tell you now, go and sin no more. You have a spiritual issue. You have a spiritual problem. Now, some of you are going through what you're going through, and it's a spiritual problem. And I want to share with you the wages of sin brings death. The wages of sin brings death. We don't talk about it much. We don't discuss it very often. But if you continue in your sinful state, if you continue doing the sinful things you're doing, if you continue living a sinful life and a sinful lifestyle, you can look for and expect that you're going to have some trouble. The wages of sin is still death. It has been, it will be, and it's going to be. See, y'all didn't even say amen about that. We don't want to talk about that. We want to do what we want to do and live like we want to live and do what we want to do as we want to do it, and we don't want anybody to say anything to us. But Jesus came back and told the man, go and sin no more. It just might be he was going through some of the things he was going through because of the sinful lifestyle he was living. Jesus tells him in the text, go and sin no more so that you can move to the next level. Well, my brothers and sisters, I've come to share with you as we look at the text, economically he's victimized, physically he's victimized, socially he's victimized, theologically he's victimized, spiritually he's victimized. But before I move on, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you two questions. Has anyone ever been victimized? You're willing to be a witness? You're willing to raise your hand? You've been a victim. Some of you are not raising your hands. It's not a trick question. Have you ever felt like you've been victimized? All of us have actually been victimized because we came into the world of sin. We entered into a world of sin. We entered into Daddy Adam and, and, and Mama Eve sin, and we're the victims of their sinfulness. So all of us are really victims. But the question is, not so much are you a victim, because whether you raised your hand or not, you are and have been a victim. Some things have happened and transpired in your life and will continue to happen in your life because of sin that you didn't deserve, that you didn't ask for, that you didn't bring on yourself, and you need to know it happens to all of us. Some people think they're the only ones that are going through. I'm the only one this is happening to. I'm the only one suffering. I'm the only one going through. I got news for you. We all have been victims of some sort. We've gone through some sort of issue or problem. But now the question is not, are you a victim? I want to let you know all of you have been a victim in one way or another. I want to ask you, are you a victimizer? 
Mm, because that's what's wrong with a whole lot of us. We, 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 we've been a victim, and then we begin to victimize others. We've been a victim ourselves, and if you don't watch it, we begin to victimize us. Do you know hurt people hurt people? Hurt people end up hurting other people. And the question is, have you been hurting anybody? Have you been mistreating anybody? Have you, have you victimized anybody? Some of you brag about, you know, I'm just like my mama. I'm just like my daddy. You know your mama was wrong. And you know your daddy was wrong. And you know you didn't like the way they treated you or the way they talked to you or what they did. And you're going to treat your children or others like you've been treated. Amen, likes. You end up victimizing and doing some of the same things if you don't watch it to others that have been done to you. If you don't decide at some point, I'm going to get out of the victim circle. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's a victim circle and there's a victor's circle. There's a victim's circle and the victim circle is twofold. Either you are being victimized or you are a victimizer. But you've got to make up your mind that I'm tired of being a victim and I'm tired of being a victimizer. I heard somebody say one time, you know, I'm going to get them before they get me. You, you, you find a woman who's had her life messed up by old no good man and then she meets some more men and she wants to take it out on the ones that she's meeting. You find a fella the same way. He, had, he found a woman and she didn't treat him right so he ended up mistreating the next person that comes along. How many of you have been mistreated by somebody who's been mistreated? You don't have to raise your hands. But listen, <laughs> you raised them. Now, many of us have been mistreated by people who have been mistreated. Well, either you're in the victim circle are the victor circle and because you're in the victor circle doesn't mean people are not going to try to victimize you but if you're ready to get out of that circle I can't promise you people won't try to make you a victim but God will give you what you need to rise above it and to deal with it and to move to the next level Listen, 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 listen. Uh, are you participating in decisions and business organizations and political forums uh, that victimize anyone? Uh, I, I, I was asked during the, uh, the height of COVID uh, to participate at a local hospital and help them make decisions as to who would get treated and who would be denied. Who would get treated and who would be denied? I said, I can't do that. I can't play God. I'm not going to play God. I'm not, I don't know who God's going to heal. I don't know what God, I don't, it might look bad. It might look horrible, but I don't, I don't want to be in a position where you use me to help you justify not giving her or him treatment. No, I can't do that because you have no idea what God's getting ready to do. You see, you and I sometimes think that we know and professionals think they know. We don't know what God's going to do or how God's going to do it because there are people that look like they were going to be dead or still alive. Somebody's in here right now. There are people that, that, that looked like they were on, they, they, my brothers and sisters were suffering and going through and on ventilators, and, but they're here today because God saw fit to give them life and to keep them here. We don't know. Don't become one of those who participates in, in, in making decisions ever that are going to save or cause others to lose life. Moving from, from a victim to a victor. Well, I just got to ask you some questions. Do, do you want to be a victor? Anybody want to be a victor? Anybody online, do you want to be a victor? 
This is what I want to ask you also. I, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, how long you going to play the blame game? Y'all going to help me? How long are you going to play the blame game? Yes, you've been mistreated. Yes, you've been mishandled. Yes, you've gone through. But at some point, you're going to have to take responsibility for your own life. Maybe your parents weren't there. Maybe your daddy wasn't there. Maybe mama wasn't there. Maybe maybe you had issues and problems with with your parents. I don't know what it was or what it is, but you don't have any excuse once you get to be an adult to blame what happened to you in your childhood on anybody. You're going to have to take charge of your life if you're going to move to the next level. You can't lay around for 38 years talking about what didn't happen and what should have happened and what I wish I had a praying church. You got to make up your mind that I'm going to rise above it. I can do better. I can move to the next level. There are a lot of people who've been able to move to the next level simply because they let the Lord help them. Anybody in the house been a victim and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that had it not been for the Lord helping you and assisting you, you wouldn't be where you are today. I got another question I want to ask you. How long shall you be defined by your challenges, your physical challenges, your mental challenges, and your emotional challenges, your academic challenges? I wish I had a praying church. There are some who are going through physically. But you know, I love, I love to watch the Special Olympics. I love to see individuals who are challenged in the Special Olympics decide that they are not going to be defeated, that they are going, that they are able to do what they can do with what they have. You might not have what somebody else has, but you have what you have. And if you take that and do the best you can with it, God can make a winner out of you. There's somebody under the sound of my voice, you've been going through, you've had some emotional issues. You've been dealing with all kinds of emotional issues. You deal with anxiety. You deal with other issues and problems, other things that others don't have to do, that others are not dealing with. Well, it's okay, but how long are you going to uh, go through that without getting treatment? You might need to get up and go see a doctor. You might need to get up and go sit on somebody's couch. You might need to come to the church and ask for prayer, but don't just lay around. Don't just decide, I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to do something to move me to the next level. How long will you let fear defeat you? There are so many people that are fearful. They're afraid of what's going to not happen. They're afraid of what's going to not happen. If I get up and I start moving and I'm not able to accomplish what I think I'm in, what, what might happen? What might not happen? Well, my brothers and sisters, I've come to share with you today. You might try several times. You might put forth an effort. You might have, but listen, 99 and a half won't do. You've got to keep on believing. You got to keep on trusting. You got to keep on moving. You got to keep on struggling. You got to keep on. Those of us who have been successful in life have learned how not to give up. That's what's wrong with a whole lot of people. They keep giving up. Stop giving up on yourself and stop giving up on God. Maybe you were not able to get it done the first time. Maybe you're not able to get it done the second time or the third time or the fourth time or the fifth time or the sixth time, but keep on taking that test. Keep on studying. Keep on putting forth effort. I wish I had a praying church. There's nothing that will be impossible to the child of God with God helping them. 
I got another question I want to ask you before I go to my seat. How long will you let guilt, guilt trap you? Somebody sitting under the sound of my voice, guilt has you. You are guilty. Yes, you did somebody wrong. Yes, you mistreated someone. Yes, you did. You, you did what you did, but you can't go back and undo some stuff you've done. What you're going to have to do if the person's alive, you're going to have to ask for forgiveness. But if the person's not alive, you're going to have to ask God to forgive you. He's faithful and just. He will forgive. You can't live with guilt for the rest of your life. Whatever you didn't do, you didn't do. But you can do more for somebody else. I wish I had a praying church. You know, a whole lot of us let guilt get the best of us. And during this time especially, we have problems because, you know, we have other family members. Mama died, and you didn't do what you should have done for mama like you should have done. Daddy died, and you weren't there as you should have been. And so you've got guilt. And so now you don't have a good relationship with your brothers and sisters. I want to share with you, mama's gone, daddy's gone, but remember what you have left. If you've got a sister or a brother left, you need to get on the phone and call them and tell them I love you. Even if they don't love you back, you love them. They don't send you nothing for Christmas. You send them something. You do what's right, and I guarantee you, God will bless you. Don't live your life in, under guilt. Let go of the guilt and know this, that the Bible says if you confess your sin, he's faithful, he's just, he will forgive. Am I right about it? My brothers and sisters, I, I met two brothers last week. I met two brothers and sat down with them after hearing about DJ Twitches committing suicide. This, this, this one fella, his father had committed suicide, and the other one, his brother had committed suicide. There's a lot of suicide taking place in our world, in our community today, especially people who look like us. And I want to share with you, you don't have to, you don't have to commit suicide. In the words of a Pastor Jeffrey Johnson, a suicide becomes a, a, a permanent a permanent situation. Am I right about it? it, it a permanent solution to a temporary situation. You, 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 you might be going through today, but you might not have to go through tomorrow. There are people who end up taking their lives not knowing that the answer is on its way. I can't promise you that tomorrow is going to be perfect, but I can promise you if you hold on to God's hand and, and if you pray and, and get some folk to pray with you, God can turn your life around. I, I just stopped by to tell you today that if you believe in your heart and, and if Jesus shows up in your life, invite him to come into your life. He's going to make a difference in your life. Listen, if you want to be saved, you got to confess with your mouth that you believe in your heart, that God had power to raise Jesus from the grave and you can be saved today. If you want to pass the class, you got to get up and go to class. You got to read your books. You've got to study and then you'll pass the test. Am I right about it? If you want to move to the next level, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to decide, my brothers and sisters, if you want a job, you're going to have to get up and go find one. Stop laying around waiting on somebody to call you. You've got to get up and go find it. And with 
all these jobs out here. Everywhere I go, they're willing to hire folk. I know you have a degree. I know you think that you are worth much more. But if you want to eat, you ought to work. Am I right about it? Go out there and do like your forefathers did. Do like our parents did. They slaved on jobs they didn't want to work on. In order that we might be fed and taken care of. They went to a job where they were mistreated and called names. And still they worked so that we could be where we are. Am I right about it? Well, I hear Jesus telling us what we got to do. Jesus tells this man that says, I've been here and nobody will help me. Jesus didn't even give any kind of, of other word. He said, I want you to do one thing. I want you to get up. I want you to get up. The first thing I need you to do is to get up. You know, my mama said that's what's wrong with a whole lot of folk. They don't have any get up about them. If you're going to be successful in life, you need some get up about you. You need to be willing to get up. Nothing comes to a sluggard but sleep. Some of y'all at home sleep right now. Some of y'all laying in the bed lazy right now. Get yourself up out that bed. Make that bed. Wash yourself off. Clean yourself up and begin to praise the name of the Lord and make your way to the house of God. God told me to stop by this morning and tell every last one of you, get up. Get up. When you get up, you'll be able to get up over it. If Matt is laying there, when he stands up, he's able to stand up over it. When you get up, you're going to be able to get over it. You got to get up and be putting one foot in front of the other. And God eventually is going to help you get over it. When you get up and get over it, listen to what I'm saying. You got to stop making excuses. You got to pick up your bed and walk. Why? Why do I need to pick up my bed? Because I want people to know that's where you used to lay. I want you to let people know that's where you used to lay. A whole lot of us have been delivered, but we don't want people to know what we've been delivered from. The Lord has saved us, but we walk around as if we've been holy all of our lives. Am I right about it? You know, when I was a little boy, I used to get worried. I used to think about it. There were some of those old mothers who used to hunt each other and talk bad about the young ladies. But then I wondered why mother had several children and they all had different last names. I wish I had a praying church. That's because something was going on back there. She wasn't proud of. Y'all need to stop hiding what the Lord has delivered you from and carry your bed. When people ask you, what is that bed? You need to tell them I was on drugs, but the Lord delivered me. I was caught up in sex, but the Lord delivered me. I was, I was down and out, but the Lord delivered me. And then you'll be able to tell them, same God who delivered me is able to deliver you. Am I right about it? I got to go to my seat, but I have a brand new Shiro. 
my hero next to Jesus Christ who's my hero is seven year old to lay a Crawford this young lady was entering in a race she lost her shoe went back picked up her shoe put it on and then ran to win the race Look at her, look at her, look at her, look at her. Look at her. She had lost her shoe. She had been victimized. But she didn't let being a victim keep her. Look at her, look at her. She doesn't just run the race. She finishes the race. And I just about to say to every last one of you, that's what you need to do. You need to go back if you lost your shoe. Pick it up and get back in the race. Some of y'all in the house right now you've lost your shoe you've fallen by the wayside but the lord told me to tell you you can win your race you can win your race go back pick up your shoe put it on and run your race am i right about it she's my shero but i got a hero jesus was victimized jesus was victimized they took our lord and our savior they nailed his hands they nailed his feet they crowned his head here's a man who came to love everybody here's a man who came to save everybody but they took our lord and they made a victim out of him but you know what he said he looked down from the cross and said father forgive them they don't know what they're doing if they only knew that they were being used by the enemy but on the other side of what's going on God raised him up and gave him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee must bow every tongue must confess I gotta get out of here but I'm glad that I'm saved and because I'm saved I've got resurrection power living in me will you do me a favor and tell your neighbor if you're saved you have resurrection power living in you am I right about it anybody been down anybody been out has Satan did he think he had you did he think it gotten the best of you but guess what we're still here by the grace of God do me a favor turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor I'm still here by the grace of God oh, yeah. my seat but I'm glad Satan had done everything he could to try to mess me up 
I can't even give you the whole list, but he's done everything he could to try to victim out of me. I've had all kind of issues. I've had all kind of problems. Everything named here, I've gone through it, but I'm still here by the grace of God. You ought to shout today, Satan, you that may made several shots at me, but that's all right. 